Hey, everybody. It's Angela Ardolino with Your Natural Dog. And my guest today is Dr. Josie Buke, who is one of my favorite holistic veterinarians. Every time I get with her, we have the best conversation. So, of course, when it was the 420 show, I thought of her uh, to bring on. Because, of course, she's a true believer in cannabis medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, all the herbs, all of the elements. She's just one of my favorite empaths who just really understands how we, how our interactions with our animals and the earth is so important. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. And here we are on 420. So when uh, Lauren, my producer, said, okay, it's 420, who do you want to have on for that special? It's probably one of the few holidays I still celebrate. (laughs) Well, because I didn't celebrate it my whole entire life. So it's not until, you know, like what, 10 years ago that I even discovered cannabis medicine or even knew that it could be used as a medicine and then six years ago started using it for myself. So um, I celebrate it as one of the best things that's ever happened to me and that I've discovered because it saved my life and my pet's lives. You weren't hanging out with the right people. 420 was every week, every day, every week in college. I wish I knew people like you. Well, I, 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 was out in, I was out in, Col- in California with all the deadheads. So. I was in Miami and then went to Colorado, but Colorado wasn't the Colorado that it is now. <laughs> I like it. Someone just revealed behind the secret curtain. Was that a, Yeah, a that's my, my dog. Hi, Josie. You're my favorite. I love chatting. I mean, there's, you know, from the first day I met you, I don't know what I said that just the two of us knew that we were we'd be good together. I know you kept me company in my first AHVMA conference and laughed our asses off at all kinds of things. But, you know, every, I follow you on social media. Everyone should follow her, Dr. Josie Bragg, on social media. It is all over. She is inspirational. I also know that you are an incredible empath that I don't know how you do it. Like, I want to know how... Do you do it? I mean, you've been in practice for a very long time, so I know that that helps. Practice helps. But I can barely take what I see in my groom shop. So how does a veterinarian like yourself become a veterinarian, realize that it's completely backwards, that you've learned very little, and that you have to continue to educate yourself and learn so that you can really be the person that you intended to be, which is someone who truly helps animals? I I went about it opposite, the opposite way to that. I'm a Hayoka. My my mentor in vet school was a holistic vet, and everybody Uh, said he had coyote medicine. But I went to vet school because I wanted to, I had to have that DVM behind my name so I could practice the medicine that I was already studying and learning and then what I was doing for myself. So when I grew up, my I had two older sisters who were hippies back in the 60s and 70s. I went to a – our whole family, my mom had allergies. We went to a naturopath when I was 12 years old. I was doing chiropractic on myself from 12 years old all the way up through, 
you know, I had a bad car accident when I was 14 and would go to weekly chiropractic treatments. We were eating. I didn't get to have a chocolate birthday cake. I had to have a carob birthday cake, which I will never oh forgive my, my sister awesome. for. But I was, <laughs> you know, growing up around using herbs and using teas and all of this stuff. And It's normal to you. It's natural. Yeah. And then we, you know, I my parents had a place up in the mountains in Colorado and I grew up out in the mountains and I just... I I started studying herbs when I was an undergrad for myself. So then when I found out my interest was animals and zoology, and I went, I was going to go out and, well, I was going to study feral cats, and then I wanted to go out and study animals in the woods. And I graduated from school, and my first job out, I got at a humane society. So I worked at shelters for eight years. Wow. And we're talking cleaning kennels, eight hours a day in the euthanasia room. I mean, some pretty hardcore just in the trenches. But it gave me, I think that's where I developed. I had some excellent managers, and they showed me how to read dogs. I'd studied animal behavior in college, but they showed me how to read dogs, how to read the animals. And I was, so many animals were coming through all the time that that's where I developed a lot of my empathy. And then I went to work at a vet clinic and I found Dr. Pickhorn's book in a box of used books he was going to throw away. The vet, veterinarian was. And I was there grooming and doing the kennel work. And yet every dog coming in, and I had a biology degree. I had all the, you know, biochemistry, all this background already. But every dog coming in and walking out was walking out. In these days, it was prednisone and batrol. And I'm like, how come Batril's an antibiotic and rofloxacin? So I was like, basically, it's always a steroid and an antibiotic. antibiotic. So that was those days, right? And then we were using these toxic flea dips. And I'm like, how can every single condition be treated by the same two drugs? Something's not right with this picture. And I was standing one day at, at at the bathtub bathing this big dog. And there was a dog behind me, a boxer. And he had been in there boarding for about two weeks. And that dog bore into the back of my head and was like, I'm dying. Wow. He was like, I am dying. And it it made me just stop dead in my tracks. And I turned, because I heard the actual words. You know, sometimes dogs talk in pictures, but I heard the words. And I turned around and I, I saw him. His life force was just like draining out of him. And so there was a there was another vet there, a relief vet, and I grabbed his chart and I went up to the relief vet and I was like, can you look over this case? Something is going on with this dog and it's not right. There's something happening. He looked over the case. He had had cancer, but the owners had never been notified of the results of the biopsy and they were boarding him there while they were out of town or doing some working on the house or something. And the guy was like, wow, this dog is dying. And he said, I'll get on the phone and get the owners over here right away. And they did. But it was those types of interactions. So I found that Pitcairn book and I opened it up because I didn't like what I was seeing in the clinic. And they're like, oh, people doing chiropractic, people doing acupuncture, people doing herbs, which is how I was taking care of my own health. And I'm like, wow, this is what I want to do. I finally found it. So I called up the AHVMA office. I'm like, how do I get to be a a holistic veterinarian? They're like, you have to go to vet school. 
And it was just like the brick wall, the mountain that yeah. you had to climb just landed right in front of me. And I'm like, you know, I my how oldest. Old, but how old are you at this point? I was living in Portland. I was out of college. I was about 24, 25. Well, better than like being my age and going, I don't know if you noticed, but um, I cried when you told that story. Oh. Because I feel like that happens to me every day at the groom shop. And I literally walk around and give them CBD because most of the dogs that are there are in pain and are suffering. And I just, and I can hear it. And I feel like a crazy person and there ain't nobody I could tell. Um, But I I could see them looking at me. I did have one employee who um, noticed something. Mm-hmm. because she named me Dog Jesus because <laughs> she, she couldn't figure out what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. would walk by and I just couldn't ignore it. And I would just turn and look and there's a dog staring up at me and it's telling me I am suffering, I'm in pain, and I can't, ha- I can't be in that presence. So I give them relief. It's like being in a, in a soundproof box and they're trying to get our attention to tell us what's going on. And I then did- on top of that, I walk out and meet the owner. And I'm either going to meet someone who is going to not hear me and not interested, or I'm going to get someone who is so relieved. So every day, because I'm there every day now, every day I walk out and go, is this going to be a person who wants to receive what I'm saying and be grateful? Or am I going to get, you know, a pie in the face? Like, I don't want to hear it. I've been to every vet. Don't tell me it's the diet. Don't tell me I have to give them these supplements. And I'm just like, okay, I just want to let you know that your dog is in pain. I got to let you know, and I'm going to walk away. When I was in vet school, in clinics, I was trying to figure out a way because I knew I was going to see so much stuff that was just going to be really painful because I was going to hear these animals. And so I got my Reiki certification. This is back in 1991. And it was something that I could do. I could stand in front of a clinician grilling us in rounds. And I could do long distance Reiki on the animal in the back corner of the ICU that was screaming and crying. And so it gave me, it's like you're doing with a CBD. It gives you something so you don't feel so helpless and powerless to help them. Thank you for saying that. And I, I do, I'm not trained, but I know I practice that healing powers with my hands. I, I know people who've been listening to my show for a long time have heard this story, but I bought my groom shop and I bought the groom shop when uh, I was in 2016 and I couldn't release my CBD products because the farm bill hadn't been, hadn't happened yet. So I bought a groom shop and never, cause I wanted to work more with dogs and I was losing my mind, not being able to launch my product yet and go speak and whatever. And I couldn't believe what I saw. And I know that these people, you know, I would say a large percentage aren't going to the vet on a regular basis, maybe because they're tired of spending endless amounts of money and just being handed a steroid or an antibiotic and it doesn't work, which brings us all the way back to, (laughs) to, you know, your point or... They're, they don't recognize it, but... Um, well, and nowadays, yeah. there's a whole nother issue going on in veterinary medicine, and that's... I'm literally calling it the opioid drug crisis in veterinary medicine. It is. Because they're not just using... I wish they would use steroids sometimes versus... I'm, I'm seeing... I'm having dogs coming to me with stacked drugs. They're doing this Same drug here. stacking. 
So we're getting trazodone, we're getting gabapentin, we're getting tramadol, we're getting amantadine. These dogs. So it's are- not just one painkiller, it's five. It's not just one antibiotic, it's three. It's not, it's like it's a prescription med to treat the symptoms that the other prescription med was doing. So we do consultations and we see These it all the time. painkillers are making them zombies. So the right. dogs are sitting there, not only are they locked in, not able to communicate, but they're actually zombied out. And that's not, that, that is not doing that dog any favor. And then, they're, then right. they're being told, oh, your dog's in pain, so you need to give him these super high doses of all these drugs, otherwise your dog's going to be in pain. And I've had dogs literally almost dying. I, well, I had two methadone overdoses in 16-year-old dogs in the past year. Methadone overdose by emergency oh clinics i have the paperwork and everything else uh, so that's a, that's a problem and the dogs are being the drug they don't have a choice they can't give consent as to what drugs are being given to them no and the owners it's, didn't even give consent either so oh, because I, they don't understand so, they're like oh my dog's in pain please stop the pain right so those of you listening a full-spectrum hemp extract will absolutely stop the pain. And if you have some a dog with severe something that has pain, then add a little bit more THC. You know I have Nina, 20 months out from diagnosis, still has her tumor leg, and I've given her no prescription medication for her pain. Today, I actually stretched her leg out, and she kind of like winced to kind of stretch it. I've heard her three times make a noise about her leg. So, and no side effects anymore. I mean, she used to have urinary incontinence, and then I remembered that CBD helped and dampens the effects, so I give her CBD with her THC at night, and now I don't even get that. She wakes up in the morning. She doesn't even seem like she's high. She's so happy. She runs out. It's Nobody can tell me now, and I feel like that it was almost, because I'm not a veterinarian, so I can say this works for your pain, and people are like, I don't know, what do you know, lady? Now I get to say, I have a dog with the most painful, aggressive cancer with her tumor leg who is doing just full-spectrum hemp extract at THC. Yeah, that's amazing. But, you know, most vets, if people do go and ask their vets about herbs or, 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 or cannabis, the veterinarians don't know. They weren't taught that in no. school. And unless you're going to independently go out and educate yourself, they're not going to know. Or they're going to listen to the pharmacology reps. That's exactly. where most vets get their information. It's even right. with just the Chinese herbal formulas. Same I thing use. with the food. Same thing with the food. They don't know. So they've got the science diet and the royal canin. So everything just makes it really easy for them to just go, oh, kidney problems. Here's the kidney medication and here's the kidney food. And it's not that at all. Natural is always a better way to go for sure. Well, and it's not even, you know, there's a whole thing. I read a great article and, and this is coming out more and more of, oh, all, you know, we used to call it alternative medicine or we used to call it like holistic people are just shoving everything into that dumping bag or natural medicine. I'm calling it the original medicine. It's medicine that developed over thousands and thousands and thousands of years of human beings living on planet Earth, co-evolving with plants and rocks and trees and all the other living things and mushrooms and mushrooms. We can't forget the mushrooms and all the other living things that are on this planet. They are all there. We are all here to help one another live good, healthy lives. 
Some of the herbal, some of the Chinese herbal formulas I use were developed a thousand years ago in the mountains of China from plants growing out cannabis of the earth. Cannabis was discovered cannabis. by the Chinese. They use it in their formulas. So cannabis has been used. I mean, how did dogs get more cannabis receptors, cannabinoid receptors in their brains than we have? What a good question. How did that happen? How did they evolve to have those receptors in their bodies? By eating it out in the woods, you know, and that's another, I, I love Carolyn Ingraham and I've been doing work with her, but, you know, animals self-select. A lot of the medicines that we know of, we learned about from watching the animals. And trying it on animals. Yes. You know, I mean, Absolutely. Hawthorne for heart, they figured that out by watching animals horses with atrial fibrillation start going after those hawthorn berries and the hawthorn leaves you know why is that horse eating it and that horse isn't eating it exactly every time i have cows and donkeys next door to me and every time i go find my um psilocybin mushrooms growing perfectly out of the the poop i'm like okay in like three days this one's going to be perfect for harvest i go back on the third day you And someone's eaten it every time. Right when it's perfect for harvest. Right when it's perfect. Not the day before, not the day after, when it's perfect for harvesting. And I'm like, okay, it's just coincidence. And then I kept doing it and I'm like, it's not a coincidence. Which one of you? And then I start looking around for the animal that's having a really good day. With the eyes spinning. Exactly. So I get it. Okay, we have to take a short break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk more about the book that you were a part of, because I think it's a beautiful message. And I love this message that we have to remember that all these things that are found in nature for the biggest reason they're being kept from us is because a pharmaceutical company is making a whole bunch of money out of making a synthetic version of it. Um, I just came back from a cannabis conference and was speaking about pets and cannabis, and I just happened to sit in on the one before me, and they're already synthesizing THC. They have all these new synthetic cannabinoids. And of course, this is on the recreational side. So it's just to get higher. And you know so what they're they even, did. They're even f***ing that up. They're even f***ing the high up, which sucks. But anyway, when we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about also how real and pure these medicines are when we come back after this. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health, healing naturally. And we're back with Dr. Josie. Now, I know, um, as I said, those of you who are interested and you sound like you're talking to two people that maybe you'd like to find out more about our way of living and how we practice, you know, holistic medicine, not only on ourselves, but on our animals and how it's a holistic meaning everything, mind, body, spirit. You mentioned the five elements. It's the name of your practice. What is the five elements? And then I want to talk about this book that you contributed to. 
The five elements goes way back to ancient Taoism. It goes way back to these ancient Taoist shamans that were roaming around the mountains of China. And they, Sun Tzu, Gohong, they developed, they were meditators and they were keen observers of the outer world around them and their inner world. They wanted to live as long and healthy as possible. And they figured the best way to do that was to be in balance with their have their inner environment be in balance with the outer environment as without so within and as within so without and so they discovered five processes that happen in the world that go to create the world there's a creation cycle and there's also a destruction cycle and there's also a control cycle because unbeknownst to a lot of our e economists these days, you have to have limits to growth as well. So the five elements, <laughs> the five elements nice. are actually <laughs> like an, they're an early form of like quantum physics in a lot of ways. So you have fire. Well, we start out in spring with wood and wood is that energy of growth. It's the energy of the seed the little baby plant bursting out of the seed. And it's the energy of, you know, that we see in a tree drawing the water up and, and sending its energy out to make leaves and fruits and that, that growth energy. And what do wood, wood needs to grow water? So the energy element of water supports wood to create it. And then when you burn wood, you get fire and fire is that is more of like a spiritual energy is from the heart. But when you think of fire, it's constantly moving. It provides us warmth. It's the fire in the belly. It's the fire in the kidneys, the Ming men. Fire can destroy and wipe things out. But when fire burns things down, what is left? This ash. And any good composter or person who's in touch with soil knows you need ash is within that ash, the ancient alchemists knew this as well, within that ash is all the minerals that's going to build that soil and create that soil. So earth is the third element. Fire creates earth. And then the earth, earth is, is what we stand on. It's at the center of, our, of everything. And it's the soil and it's the microorganisms in the soil and the, the fungal, you know, the whole... Um, Network, the mycelium. The mycelium, that's the word I'm trying to think of, in the soil. And then the, then the soil actually, it, when it gets compacted really, really hard, you think about it, you can start getting coal and there's other different elements and minerals. And when those are compacted down, you end up with the minerals and you end up with the metals. So iron ore, you end up with... Um, you know, diamonds, you end up with all the crystals and stones. And that's the metal element. So the ancient Chinese knew how to draw, they had gunpowder and stuff for their fireworks. They knew how to draw the metals back out of the earth. So that's metal. And then the metal actually then moves into back into water. So we go full circle. So water, wood, fire, earth, metal, and back to water. And so everything, you can look at the seasons in terms of the elements. Each element corresponds to an organ system within the body, corresponds to oh. acupuncture points on the acupuncture meridians. You can feed according to the elements. There's herbs are classified according to the elements. So it's like a whole kind of, it's a whole um, 
correspondence system. I don't know if you've ever, like, her, in hermetic knowledge, hermetic philosophical, magical wisdom, they have the tree of life. Well, the five elements is like the Eastern Taoist tree of life. And again, like each element controls the others, so you limit growth. And then if you go backwards, you have actually a destruction cycle. If things get too out of balance, you're going to get destruction. And in many ways, that's what the earth is going through now because we've pushed it out of balance in so many ways that now, you know, we're getting the fire that's burning out of control. We're getting the storms that are, you know, out of control. We're getting the wind that's out of control. Right. So that's the name of your practice. So how do you practice that in animal care or even self-care? I practice that. I've actually just led a group of 20 women through. We're on the last element. We're in wood now through each season. And so when with animals, I look at them. Each element also corresponds to a um, constitutional type. Now, if you're perfectly balanced and you're perfectly in health and you're going to live to be that 150-year-old Taoist master, then each element in the body would be in equal standing and would flow really smoothly in harmony. But most of us are born with one particular element that's our constitutional type, kind of similar to homeopathy. But um, So you can have a wood dog, you can have a water cat, you can have an earth dog. And so you can, I look at my patients in terms of what element type they are. And then I know what weaknesses they're going to have. Earth dogs are the ones that get that stress colitis or have the vomiting issues. Wood dogs are going to have liver issues. They're going to get that torn cruciate ligament in their knee. So before they even have the problem or the breakdown, I can start supporting that element in their body. And then you can go, instead of having an annual exam, I like to do a seasonal exam. So we're going into wood. The wood element came on hard and heavy this year, and I think it's because we've all been locked down. But wood is about breaking out. It's about that little seedling breaking up out of the soil, and it's about growing and being out there. It also has to do with the liver. And if energy isn't flowing, you get liver chief stagnation. And if you get liver chief stagnation, people get impatient. People are tired of being down lockdown. People are getting angry. And man, everybody's raring to go. It's that. It's kind of like that racehorse that's in the gates, and they're they're bucking the dry you know it can be really dangerous because they're like they want to go forward and they're being impeded from moving forward so that's that wood energy that came in the beginning of february i was just up teaching at chi university and all of us tas we were just on each other all the time you're like your wood is showing your wood is you know because how funny there's all this impatience in the air and you can feel that so it's really interesting. And when you start practicing, then you get you get into this rhythm through. And even now, like some people in my group, they're like, oh, wow, I noticed this and this and this. And, and they're, you're noticing the world around you. You're noticing the climate. You're noticing the wind. You're noticing what the trees are doing, what's growing, what's dying off. And you can start living more in balance. And then you things flow. You get, you know, everybody talks about being in the flow. There was that book written. You're in the natural flow of things. It's when, and (sighs) yeah. Because the natural flow right now is crazy. It is. So it's like, how do I, uh, like if it's, if I'm in the flow of the stream, there's so many big old rocks that keep getting in my way and 
you know, keeping them from messing up my whole flow is so difficult. Sometimes you gotta, but. you gotta, I, I've, I've had a lot of big rocks even today. I, you know, my water went off and my water, hot water heater, but you gotta be flexible. <laughs> you gotta blend like, bend like the will, blend like the willows, go flow like the water. That's when you call in the right. water element to flow around the obstacles, you know. I mean, water I made it. the Grand Canyon. That was a big obstacle that water just kind of carved right on made out. Made its way. I like that. I like that. Okay, so tell us about this book. Is this book kind of the the practice of this or um, this introducing? Book, or? Uh, the, uh, a friend of mine was putting this. Okay, so the book's called Sacred Medicine. The Mystical Practices for Ecstatic Living, which I love that. So this friend of mine, she's a shamanic practitioner up in Georgia, and she put out the call for authors who wanted to collaborate with this book. They're all different healers and, um, awesome. and doing different practices, but they were all human-based. And I saw that, and I'm like, I practice sacred medicine for the animals, and the animals teach us sacred medicine, honestly. Mm-hmm. So they they have been my greatest teachers, every single patient that I've come across. So I contacted her and I said, you know, I would love to do a chapter, but I would love to do it about animals and how animals are our sacred medicine. And, and so, she must have been like, yes! Yes, she's got, <laughs> she's got dogs and stuff. And she was like, yes, let's do it. You know, so it was, a, it, I needed to get that, to put that in there with the animals and just having a heart connection with your animal. You know, and that's another thing. If we're having so many obstacles in our way and all this stuff going on and the world is so crazy, sometimes the best thing is to just step out of the massive flood current and step back and just see what's going on and and go back into your center, into your heart. And in Chinese medicine, I've done a lot of work with, I had a Taoist teacher and I've done a lot of internal alchemy. And I've also practiced Tibetan Buddhism for 20 some years. So in the East, the mind isn't here. The mind is here in the heart. This is the monkey mind. This is a monkey jumping around on its jungle gym. But if you want to know the wisdom and go back into your center and find out truth, you drop down into the heart. And our animals, that's all they are. That's where they operate out of. I don't know an animal that does not operate out of their heart center. And that's why I, I, I call them the sacred medicine for us because they're here to teach us. When you walk in the door and you've had a horrific day and that dog looks at you going, Mom, you're home, and I got my tennis ball in my mouth. You know, I mean, I have this little dog I'm treating, six-year-old, sweetest little dog with lymphoma. And I took this stuffed squirrel over to that dog's house and I, I hadn't seen her for two weeks and I walked in yesterday and she had the squirrel's tail. The squirrel was ripped apart, but she came running up and she had that squirrel tail in her mouth and it just made all my own pain, suffering, whatever I've been dealing with just melt away, you know, because I was in that moment right there and it was like, this is the most important thing in the world right now is I've got a squirrel tail that's wet and slobbery and I want to share it with you. <laughs> I love that. I love that message. Okay, so if you're interested in being a part of this group, are you doing another group? And how do they find out about it? 
Um, how do we get in touch with you? I know, but tell our listeners how, both for themselves and their animals, how they can reach out to you. Yeah, this group that I that I led through was kind of my flagship group, but I'm going to be opening up the community on um, Mighty Network platform, so it's going to be completely private, and it's going to have different subscription levels. So you can come in really basic if people want to just check it out. You can come in full on and get everything. This is where I'm going to be putting my courses. So I'm going to be doing things, everything from energy medicine. I think people need a good basic course in energy medicine. We talk about it all the time, and a lot of things are getting lost in the mix. Um, I do stone medicine. The ancient Taoists used stones to stimulate acupuncture points. So I'm, I'm coming up with, you know, I want to teach people how to make their own medicine how to grow their own herbs and make their own medicine out of there. And we're all of those things are going to be in there. It's going to be a news feed so people can really share with each other and share things that they're doing. I want guest speakers on there. I'm going to have some human practitioners on there as well because our health is connected with our animal's health, is connected with the health of the planet. And this all needs to be tied back together. We got to get back to the garden. <laughs> I love it. I'm so excited that you're doing that. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing what you do, for being so true to living. You walk the walk. You walk the talk. You do it. You're true. And I love it. I love that I can always reach out to you. And you just have such wisdom to offer. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you for being on the show today. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Angela. Thanks for listening. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and share with your friends. And if you want your questions answered live, make sure to call in to 252-377-4555. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and at AngelaArtolino.com. And remember, you can always sign up for a full holistic consultation at CBDDogHealth.com slash consultations. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at mycodog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.